The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corliss, and you are listening to Pa to Chat to Talk and Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 15 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Greetings and thanks for tuning in to another fall episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. Is it fall or is it summer? The world can't seem to make up its mind. I think it was 60 degrees yesterday in New York and now it's back in the mid-70s. But it surely feels like fall in my brain. The dance season is back into full swing. I have my daily fix of something pumpkin and something spice. And the leaves are achingly slow to change colors this year. But I've seen a few here and there, and I'm really hoping that next week uh, when I visit Lake Seneca in the Finger Lakes that I will see a lot of that yummy wine country. (laughs) Anyway, fall is my favorite season, if you can't tell, and I'm not ashamed to say that it probably has a few things to do with the fact that my birthday is in October and Halloween is in October. I just love the month of October. And then after that, you get Thanksgiving riding on the heels of that which is another one of my favorite holidays. As you all know, before we dig deeply into this week's topic, I need to give you a rundown of my calendar. I've been teaching a lot lately. If you can't tell, my voice is mildly raspy. It's because I taught 26 hours of classes from Friday evening last week to Tuesday evening. So i got lots of teaching going on. It's a good thing. Just I'm probably going to sound like a raspy smoker's voice by the time I'm 40 years old. Um, but happy to pass on my craft. So currently I have regular beginner ballet classes at 10.30 a.m. on Tuesdays at Broadway Dance Center. I also run an advanced beginner ballet class on Fridays at 6 p.m. there as well. Come the second week of November, my absolute beginner ballet workshop there at 6 p.m. on Sundays will convert into a basic ballet class. Beyond this, I'll be teaching an advanced beginner ballet class at Steps on Broadway out there on Friday the 3rd of November from 2.30 to 4 p.m. I do get lots of more classes coming in regularly, and I always post them on my Facebook page. So if you would like to take class from me and those don't fit into your schedule, just check out my Facebook page. You can be a friend of mine or not, and you'll still be able to see it. I keep all my posts public so that uh, anybody can access them. All right, since many of my kids this year are new to me, I think I have about 80 new regular students, not even open class students. When I say regular students, I mean uh, like a regular tuition program where I see the kids week to week to week. Um, But yeah, I have so many new kids this year, but we are finally getting into the fall swing of things. I've learned that it almost always takes new schools and students about three to four weeks to get used to me. I I guess I'm not really your run-of-the-mill dance educator. I have intensely high expectations. Um, I challenge my students physically, and I challenge them emotionally as well. 
Beyond exercises, there are also discussions about many different topics that arise during class. And I am a big, big advocate for making sure that etiquette is a, a major part of, of my teaching because I want students to be able to walk into any studio across the country and be as professional and as respectful as possible. I was offering a student a correction about a week ago, and when they said that they, well, while I was doing the correction with them, um, they looked at me after trying it once and they said, I can't do that, just like it wasn't an option to them. And I practically lost my mind in the studio. I, I've had people say I can't and, uh, and oh, my body does this or that. But I think what a lot of people forget is the fact that teachers are there to inform you and to try to push your boundaries. Uh, and I mean, I'm educated, so I, safe, safety is a big part of it too. I, I, my goal is not to injure anybody. So um, I was really upset that she turned to me and said that and offended that she was being so disrespectful. Um, I've also had to chat with a few of my students about why it's important to not miss class for that project or to study for that test, as they're going to have to learn how to balance commitments in their lives from here on out. From etiquette to studio culture to work ethic and more, a lot of topics keep coming up, and there are important conversations to be had. One big theme that has consistently come up at each of the schools I teach at over the past week has been the idea of hard work. I don't doubt that many of my students work hard, but we've been discussing how we understand hard work and how it evolves from the beginning of our training on. It is an important enough conversation that I, I really feel that I should share this discussion with you. So that is my plan uh, for today's episode to, to talk about hard work with you guys. One thing I have come to realize over my extensive performance career and in the years since I have shifted my focus to teaching, choreography, and media like this podcast and my, my blogging um, is that hard work and effort are not consistent entities. If I work hard now like I did when I first started my training, I definitely would not be where I am today. I But I needed to work hard in that way back then because if you go right away to the amount of hard work that's necessary to have a career or be successful after you get that career, um, yeah, you probably wouldn't be prepared to, to handle that. Hard work has exponential growth, and its terms are not always the easiest to define, but I'm going to try. <laughs> One person's hard work may not be the same as another person's hard work, as efficiency, talent, luck, facility, intelligence, and timing are just a few factors that are also involved along the grand path to becoming successful at whatever you hope to achieve your goals in. In my opinion, there are three different categories when it comes to hard work. They fall into the groupings of commitment, physical effort, and emotional fortitude. And obviously, these are all going to be related to dance. Well, for the most part. <laughs> they all exist in multiple stages, and they all incur more sacrifice the harder you work. But I feel they are all necessary in order to be greatly successful in your field or passion of choice. This may seem like philosophical pondering, but let me share the explanation I've given many of my students over the past week so that you get an idea of what I'm talking about. In the area of commitment, when you first start taking dance classes as a kid, just showing up to take class every week can be hard work. You didn't have to go. <laughs> you didn't have any motivational commitment aside from the fact that your parents paid tuition. So just showing up is hard work within itself. For instance, uh, this is actually a non-dance related uh, 
example, but it's still a good example. <laughs> when I, I was a youngin and would go to Sunday school at my synagogue, I remember how much effort it took me to get out of bed just to show up for classes. Um, I used to sometimes pretend that I was still asleep. I thought that I could fake it out or fake out that I was sleeping with my mom, but <laughs> every once in a while she let me sleep. But just getting out of bed on a Sunday morning and heading to synagogue, that was, that was a lot of hard work for me. But after a while, just showing up doesn't mean you are working hard anymore. The next level of commitment here is when you start to take dance more seriously and you add multiple classes to your schedule instead of just having one class on an early afternoon during the week. Now, instead of having one night for your activities every week, you might have two or three, four, maybe five or six. Perhaps you had to choose between multiple activities and focus on one or two. As a kid, I did piano, I did taekwondo, I did competitive roller skating, <laughs> I did dance classes. Um, so I had a handful of activities, but by the time that I turned 13, it became clear that I really wanted to dance. So I got rid of my, uh, my taekwondo and I stopped roller skating and I focused on my music and my, um, and my, my dance. At this point, maybe you aren't seeing your school friends as much, probably seeing your dance friends a lot more. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes hard work has lapses when the end goal is lost and students choose to, for instance, like I, I spoke about earlier, stay home for homework, for to have more time for a project, for studying, or to focus on uh, preparing for exams. But those who choose hard work don't let one commitment take precedence over one another. The hard work comes in finding the time and energy to complete all of your tasks efficiently and with quality. The next stage of hard work and commitment comes when somebody becomes so specialized in their area that they choose to let other aspects of their lives take a back seat while they completely immerse themselves in their work. Of course, there is a fine line here. Um, I mean, you want to make sure you're taking care of yourself and your relationships, but I'm just saying generally you, you start to focus your, your efforts into this one area. So by the time that I was 17, I left home and I started training at the Care of Academy of Ballet. So I was no longer taking music lessons. I, I still would take my, my flute and I would play the pianos in the studios to practice, but I was completely focusing my training on, on dance. Um, and I had to make a choice at that point. Um, but I'm hoping to add a little bit more of that to my life now. But that's another side story. Okay, back on track. So um, in dance, this is often seen when a child gives up their summers to train at summer intensives uh, or when they give up their normal high school experiences like being in high school or, or like a, a typical like public high school or going to prom or homecoming or different activities like that. Um, and they do that to train at finishing programs either locally or away from home. Uh, many skip college to begin their careers and more. Success isn't often obtained with a perfect balance of commitment across the board, but instead with wholly consuming commitment into one or two areas of one's life. As you can see, hard work evolves over time, and it can follow this path multiple times in one's life. It's not like you just do this once and then you make it to the end and you're successful and happy. Um, it, life is it's cyclical, and you tend to go back through this with each thing that you, you choose to do in your life. But without hard work and commitment, very few people can actually achieve greatness.
All right, now let's talk uh, take or take a look, not talk a look. Let's take a look at uh, physical effort. This one is, I think, easier to gauge at first, but can be more confusing to understand as dancers move forth in their training. So, kind of like the beginning of the uh, the area of commitment in the area of physical effort. Hard work at first is just showing up in the studio and seeing the steps and following your teacher. Maybe you fall out of something, maybe you giggle, maybe you talk with your friends, um, and it's more of a social activity and you're just kind of slowly learning what's happening. Um, and that's really the, the beginning stage. But you can't act that way in class throughout your entire training and then become a professional. Um, so eventually what starts to happen is you start to follow a little bit more of the etiquette. So for instance, maybe you don't talk as much to your friends in class, um, Maybe you are are more committed to the steps that you're doing. Maybe I remember for me a, a big thing as uh, I think I was like eight or nine years old. I wasn't really interested in learning the language of dance. I'm not talking about the whole language of dance. I'm just talking about the the French terms um, for ballet. I remember uh, teachers would constantly say certain words and then I wouldn't retain it from week to week. It wasn't like I was writing down note cards. Um, so I, I wasn't as invested at that time, but eventually I was like, Oh, I actually need to know this. So I, I started studying those things. I actually had that, that issue in this past week with some of my students where they were not retaining terms. Um, and I would ask some of them to write them down as homework and bring them into class. And they said, Oh, well, what's what's going to happen if I don't do it? <laughs> and I was like, well, you're not being graded. It's not like you're going to fail. I was like, but maybe if you don't remember or you don't work hard enough, you're not going to be able to keep up with your, your friends and you might be held back a year. And that seemed good enough motivation for her. But yeah, so back to the really physical part of it, though. Um, maybe holding your leg at 45 degrees with a mildly pointed foot is very hard work early on. But once you master that, if you just maintain that and you never work for the 90 degree extension, uh, you won't be able to go from there. Um, by the time that kids get into their, their middle school and their early high school years, uh, a lot of them are starting to get more intensely into their training. Um, and maybe they go from taking one class a day to taking two classes a day. So they have to push a little bit, a little bit more, or maybe they go from learning a solo variation to learning a pas de deux. Um, so they go from like a minute to a minute and a half to, to an eight minute piece. Um, the, the physical effort, it, it's the best way I can explain it is this. It's kind of like this. You can't necessarily just show up and do a three act ballet or four act ballet, like Swan Lake. Um, you, <laughs> have to build up to those things. And the training is the same way. And the hard work in the training is the idea that when you start to struggle, do you try to stick with it or do you do you let it go? Um, if I asked you to hold your leg in devant and in, in adagio, to the front in adagio, and I had you do it for eight counts, if you chose to put down seven, that's not hard work, but then say that you keep it up for eight, but then ask for 16 and you bring it down at 15. It's, it's the, it's practically the same thing. So you really, it's, it's a growth of, it's the growth of a dancer and their physical effort that really pushes them along to be able to dance. Um, back to that idea of growing 
hard work and physical effort with building a piece in order to move forward. Like I said, you might start with a variation, then you go to a pot of disc. So you have to be able to work hard through that variation in order to get the stamina to eventually work hard to have the stamina for a pot of disc. Now, if you do a full length ballet, there are multiple pot of disc in that. Um, so maybe then you go to a five minute group work and maybe you go to a one act ballet, maybe you go to a two act ballet, three acts from there. So, um, that's kind of how we build in physical effort. But in order for a dancer to put in the, the hard work for that, they have to be consistent across the board and it changes because it becomes more difficult. So you have to be willing to increase your capacity for hard work. It's not like learning a variation is the same hard work as learning a full length ballet. Um, physically, yes, absolutely. Um, but also maybe the amount of time that you're studying you it's it's just very like i said it's an exponential process and physically um it it takes a lot of it takes a lot for people to really press to to get to those points um so it it is quite a a a commitment to be able to achieve a certain level of hard work physically because your brain will eventually start to tell you at certain points that you are sore or you're getting tired and you need to stop doing what you're doing. But you have to really keep in mind that you are committed to it and that you, uh, unless you are going to hurt yourself, that you should push through that. Um, so that's a lot of what we've been talking about with my students lately. Um, in Adagio, for instance, in center, um, a lot of times people will put their legs down if they feel like they're falling over. Um, and I'm a big advocate for keeping your leg up and shaking and wobbling and moving around, trying to figure out why you're doing that, because obviously you're falling for a reason. But the second you put your leg down, you don't, you don't have the ability to assess and address and figure out why you are, you're falling over. So hard work in physical hard work is it's a really challenging one i think it's probably the most obvious one for people um in in dance to consider um so that that is that on physical on physical the the physical effort that is required in the hard work in dance the last area that i want to talk to you guys about with hard work is the area of emotional hard work. Um, and the thing with emotional hard work is I think that it kind of ties into everything that you do because obviously um, hard work requires you to have emotional fortitude. But I just want to discuss this one um, separately because I feel like it, it could be helpful to, to hear about it. So um, I think that I'm actually a really great person to talk about emotional hard work because, I mean, I just went through not just very challenging two years um, with the super commuting that I've been doing or that I was doing going from, that's so weird to say, was doing, but the super commuting that I was doing from Philadelphia to New York for the past years. But prior to that, I was freelancing for four years. And um, so really for six years, I have just been on the road, on the go, never in one place. Um, And it takes a lot of emotional fortitude uh, to be able to handle situations like that. Um, and 
I don't think that I would have been able to do that if I hadn't sort of cultivated that over time. Again, like I said, you can't go from like zero to 100 when it comes to hard work because you're either going to have it commitment wise, you'll quit physically, you'll, you'll get hurt emotionally, you'll break down, have a breakdown and you'll, you'll burn out. So, um, it's again, it's kind of like, getting stronger, like going to the gym, like you don't go to the gym and lift 100 pounds right away, you start with five, then you go to 10, maybe you go to 20, maybe you do 20 reps. Uh, sorry, maybe you do 10 reps the first time, maybe over time you do 15 reps, things like that. Um, I'm just throwing things out there. Don't think that I do 15 or 20 reps. Um, <laughs> usually just 10 to 12. Okay. Um, but back to the idea of emotional uh, hard work. So um, Initially, emotional hard work might be, again, just showing up or just uh, keeping your leg higher or maybe just being present in the moment. But over time, that's not going to be enough. If you want to be a hard worker emotionally, it's, you, start, you have to start to be willing to... It's, I, I really think coping is the best word. It's kind of that idea. Say that you are taking a class and your teacher... Uh, kind of gives you a harsh correction. Um, are you going to be really upset? Are you going to handle it well? Um, maybe you go home and you talk to your parents and you come to a decision that they really had their best interests in mind um, or had your best interests in mind. Um, or say maybe uh, you hear something you don't like. If you choose not to show up to class because you, you don't feel happy about it, um, that's an aspect of emotional hard work. Um, from there also, it's it's the idea maybe you've not been feeling well or maybe uh, you're overwhelmed with the amount of schoolwork that you have. Uh, so like I said, this ties into the commitment. It ties into the physical. Um, you emotionally maybe feel stressed that you have a final exam and then you have four hours of dance um, the day before that final exam. Um, emotionally, do you choose to forego dance because it doesn't feel like it's important um, and just do the academic side or uh, because dance is everything to you do you choose not to study and uh, not do well on that test um, you when you start to build the the apt the aptitude to, to do those things you you get stronger and your hard work level again it rises but then the next step might be where you have to forego those those social experiences i remember as a kid um or as a teenager i think i got invited to like two or three parties uh and after i said i couldn't because i had dance i know there are t-shirts that say that um people actually just stopped inviting me so all of a sudden i kind of felt like a social outcast at school because i wasn't being invited um was that emotional like my with my emotions was I able to be strong enough in order to handle that so um then once I got into my finishing training I remember there were certain aspects of things that happened I was telling a student about this story the other day but um I was kind of uh I was quite an innocent child and I didn't really curse until I turned about 20 years old. That's another conversation, but it's not important to this podcast episode. But um, when I was, when I went away for a summer program, one of my teachers was working with me outside of the summer intensive hours because I was in a separate apartment. So I didn't have to go back to the dorms. So they asked me to stay afterwards and we were doing a variation. I think it was from 
was it from Laurencia? I can't remember, but we're doing a variation and I was doing double tours, but I wasn't getting around all the way because I had to land in second position. And I would do the double tour, I would land, and he would be like, no, it's not right, it's not enough force. And he kept on trying to get me to do it. And then finally he goes, he goes, Barry, I want you to say the F word, scream it at the top of your lungs as you as you jump, as you start to take off. And I remember like thinking in my head, I like I don't curse. He's asking me to do this. Should I do it? Is this going too far? Like, is this where I say no? Um, do I try it and see if it works? And then if I don't like it, say I won't do it again. Like I, I had to make a decision. I didn't have a lot of time because the teacher was saying right in front of me. Um, and I was I was 17 years old at the time, so it wasn't like I was like a 12 year old child screaming the f word loudly in this studio and hearing it echo back at me. Um, so I thought I'd give it a try. And you know what? It was. Uh, probably one of the most valuable lessons that I learned. Um, I was talking with one of my students this past week that as a part of your dancing, you have to be able to tie, uh, you have to be able to tap into certain emotions um, and not as the acting part of it in order to gain a uh, certain type of movement. So maybe sadness, the, the feeling that you feel inside when you're sad might slow you down. So it might make your dancing heavier. Um, happiness is a bit lighter. It's a bit faster, sprightly. Um, anger is very forceful. Um, and what I needed was I needed to, to do something that brought out that sort of angry feeling, like that feeling that you get in your stomach and your chest, like that anxious and that anxious feeling um but also that like force and i screamed the f word and did my double tour and landed it perfectly um so while it was not (laughs) conventional um emotionally for me it was a big hurdle and i had to choose if i wanted to take that step and if i thought that that was giving up or working hard or anywhere in between there Okay, moving on from there, um, emotional hard work. How many children are starting jobs professionally in dance? I, I got my first job when I was eighteen. I turned it down, and I started. I got my. I took my first job when I was nineteen. Um, I moved away from home. I used my credit card to put a down payment on an apartment. My very first credit card. Um, I lived in a studio apartment with a futon that I used as a bed and a couch. Um, and I had nothing else. And that's how I started my career. Um, you ha- that's, it's hard work. I had to be willing to take the step and, and cope and deal with the, the great things that were happening and also the challenging things that were happening. From there, um, really, it's it just comes down to like how far are you willing to push in certain situations. I'm going to skip all of the the career transition stuff that I've talked about in other podcasts, but in the last two years, um, everybody that I've talked to that has complimented me on um, my hard work to get to New York City with the two years of effort, um, really, what they're doing is they they've been complimenting me on my emotional hard work. Because, I mean, physically, yeah, it was it made my body sore to sit on the bus all the time. Um, Commitment-wise, yes, it was a major commitment to get on that bus almost every day for hours upon hours. Um, but really, the true test for it was the emotional hard work. How does one person sit on a bus for hours every single day, especially when you have bad experiences with fellow passengers, with uh, delays, sitting on the highway, 
missing work. Uh, I had one time where I, I was late for a class um, or even missing taking class, different things like that because of things that were out of my control. Um, or getting home at 1 a.m. in the morning and getting up at 6 a.m. and getting right back on that bus. How much <laughs> emotional fortitude does it take to do that? I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't built up myself to get to that point. Um, it is helpful that I did have an end goal and uh, I knew that it was coming, especially this summer when it got really hard. I knew that we'd be moving in the next six months. So um, emo- emotional hard work is is a major part of every aspect of hard work. But like I said, I wanted to talk about it a little bit separately here. So um, I... I'm curious what you guys think about this. I would love to hear from some of you guys um, because I, I think that there are probably different opinions of like what is okay hard work wise and when to step back. But in reality, um, if you want to get to where you're going, like how much hard work are you willing to put in? And uh, are do you realize that there are different steps to it? Like all, all of that. So I'd be curious to hear what you, what you think about all of this. Um, I'm really glad that I decided to talk about this week. It was really relevant to what I've, I've been working on, and I hope that it helps you out in your pathway to finding all of the success that you want. Um, if you have any questions or if you have any, uh, if you want to just touch base with me, I'm happy to to get back in contact with you. I'm finally settling down up here in New York, so I am free to help out with those things, and I hope that this is really helpful to you and that it helps you you move forward uh, with what you want to do. All right, so with that, we're going to call this the end, um, and I am going to run the ending credits. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Corollis, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I've been writing about working as a freelance artist for over five years. I also have a YouTube channel if you would like to view my choreography, and you can find that at the channel Be Corollis. Thank you for listening in to Pod to Chat. I hope you return next Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.